Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. All right, let's start with a question. I have a question because I want to know if this is a good answer to a question. Is this a good answer to a question? In a little while. How many think it's a good answer? The parents should think it's a good answer, right? When are we going to get there? When are we going to eat? When can I get a cell phone, you know? My best friend has had, got one for their second birthday, you know? <laughs> In a little while. But listen, it's not, it depends on not only who's uh, saying it, it depends on who's asking the question because, I mean, um, just met someone on the way in today that had to wait for their work permit, you know? If you go and you ask that government agency, when is it going to be issued? And they say, in a little while. It's not what you want to hear. You know, when you get results back from medical tests that are life and death, and the answer is, oh, you'll hear in a little while. That's not what you want to hear. In a little while, is it, is it a good answer to a question? Well, it depends on who's uh, giving you that answer. It can be positive. As a matter of fact, how many remember when our lead pastor, Jonathan Smith, uh, back in May, uh, began his sabbatical and we thought, well, he'll be gone uh, a long while. Well, isn't it great to know that in two weeks, Pastor Jonathan Smith is going to be back with us? You know, and uh, that... That, what seemed like a long while has turned out, here, here we are, we're almost there, and he's going to begin a, a whole new series starting the first weekend in August. But how many remember the first weeks of COVID in the quarantine? When's it going to be over? <laughs> there was so much uncertainty, even among the world's best experts. You know, in a little while, in a long while, we just didn't know. The reality is that Jesus uses that answer in a little while to many questions. Four separate occasions, I checked it out this week, went back through in the Gospel of John, four separate occasions Jesus uses the phrase in a little while. One of them, John 16, listen to this. Jesus uses that phrase six times in seven verses. All right, we're going to look at all the verses. Let's look at the first half of them. The first three times Jesus says, in a little while. He says, in a little while, you won't see me anymore. But a little while after that, you will see me again. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while? You won't see me, but then you will see me. And I am going to the Father. And what does he mean by, say it with me, a little while? We don't understand. No capiche. 
Jesus is prepping. Here's the context. Jesus is prepping his first century disciples for days where they won't see him. They're going to be devastated. Uh, he, he's going to be crucified on the cross. For, the, for his first century followers, these are going to be the worst days of their life because everything that they've dreamed about doing with Jesus is, is going to turn into a nightmare. It's just going to be all over because with no Jesus, there's no future. And Jesus tells them, no, no, in a little while, a little while. He tries to give them hope and perspective and they're not taking it. They lose hope and they lose perspective. Now we've got two weeks left of this summer series. We've seen some of the scriptures that our different pastors have bookmarked in the Bible. Pastor Jessica, Pastor Steph, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Matt. I still haven't gotten over that blender illustration from last week, have you? You know how many, the next time you went to make a smoothie. Uh, anyway, you had to be there. It's online. It's in the archive. Uh, and it made me want to chew on my spiritual food. <clears throat> but these... The, teachings and scriptures have come from uh, tough times in pastors' lives or turning points. And I've got four more to share, and I have two weeks to do it, so I've chosen two. And uh, next week, it'll be a line from the Old Testament that, that still gets me to understand the, the love of Jesus Christ in a, in a deeper way. And today, how many figured out what the line is? If you don't know it now, you'll know it in a little, yeah, exactly. But in times of uncertainty, um, sometimes when Esther and I are going through something or people we love are going through something and we just, it's so uncertain, how is it going to turn out? And uh, I'll just wink at her and I'll say, in a little while, in a little while. Because uh, I've had times, a young adult, and in my vocation, and even recently, in the last few years when my brother died, I've, I've had times where this, in a little while, phrase has helped me get through. I, I think of a time of discouragement. I was a young adult, and I loved helping. I loved the Lord Jesus. I loved the scriptures. And I loved to tell people what I found in the Bible. I loved leading people to Jesus and helping them grow. But the problem was I was a long-haired, motorcycle-driving, drum-playing hippie. And uh, so when I told the grocery store manager I was resigning, his wife was there. And they knew me from uh, over the years and working at the uh, IGA grocery store in Halifax. And I, I told her I was resigning to go to Bible college. And she looked at me, this long-haired motorcycle driving hippie. And she said, y you're going to Bible college? What would you go to Bible college for? And I sort of mumbled, well, maybe someday the Lord would allow me to be a pastor. You'll never be a pastor, she said. And she was joined by others. I had a, took an aptitude test in high school. The guidance counselor made the very unusual move of calling my mom to say, your, your, your son looks like he wants to be something he doesn't have the aptitude for. My mother didn't tell me about that for, until years later. And uh, if you're watching me now, mom, thanks a lot. Anyway... <laughs> 
we had uh, Pastor Brian Robson on staff. He was at the Bible college for a reason. He, he had one of the profs that I had, one of the instructors I had at Bible college. And, and he said, you know, Keith Smith, pastor at, it was called Agent Court Church. He said, I never, ever thought I'd see that happen. <laughs> Discouragement. And then unresponsiveness. I remember after my first year of Bible college, I went back to what was then home in Halifax and I worked on a construction team um, building for the summer to raise money for next year's tuition. And uh, I worked mainly with a carpenter called Lenny, Lenny Jordan. And I had uh, one year of Bible college, so I had all the answers. You know, and I knew, I remember just asking, I always ask people these three questions. Who do you believe Jesus is? And then let them talk and then say, where did you get that information from? And then third, I just ask, you know, have you ever considered what Jesus said about himself? Just gets people thinking and thinking about Jesus and who, the, and who he really is. And, and I, I kept shining for Jesus day after day those hot, summer, sweaty construction days, I just kept trying to live for Jesus. And I became convinced at the end of the summer that Lenny Jordan was not installed with any spiritual responsiveness to Jesus. He was just spiritually dead. Nothing there. Unresponsiveness. And then I remember a year and a half after pastoring in Ottawa, just before we moved here, uh, just over a year and a half, I became aware of a crisis in the church. There had been a stealing of funds of over $600,000 before I arrived there. And there were investigations and audits and board meetings. And uh, I, I, nobody knew how it was going to turn out because it was all kept confidential. But we set a September date when people got back from vacation and a September date for a special business meeting to let the members and people in the church know, and we had no idea how they would respond. But I was told by people that, okay, expect the church to divide, for people to leave, for people to blame it on you as the leader. The only thing that people agreed on is that there would be no good outcome. <laughs> that uh, it was a stress. I remember driving back to where we lived in Manatick and driving to the side of the road and just parking there and just saying, because everything was lined up for the September business meeting, but nobody knew how it was going to turn out. I remember just pulling over to the side of the road and saying, oh, Jesus, if this is the end of my ministry, it's been so good. All those people in Edmonton that came to Jesus over those nine years there, just hundreds of them, young people, young adults. And if this is it, Jesus, it's, it's, it's been good. It's been good. I just, I was told it was probably going to be all over for me. And then uh, hopelessness. Uh, when there's no opportunity for a do-over. <laughs> my uh, sister-in-law was just with my wife and I at our place up in uh, the Perry Sound area for a week you may remember, some would, that my brother passed away uh, a couple of years ago during COVID, and we didn't have a, not because of COVID, he had a heart attack, but anyway, uh, we'd always talked about traveling together. How many know you can't travel with everybody, but we sure could with David and Darlene, and uh, I remember what stands in my mind, I have these regretful feelings because I remember an email I got when he retired and he went to Florida and he was renting a place and he sent me an email. He says, we got a nice place rented here. Come visit, life is short. And uh, 
And I thought, well, I'm working. That day will come. We'll be able to travel together. It, it didn't. <laughs> At age 67, he had a heart attack, and he left this life to be with Jesus. You say, Pastor Keith, what in the world are you doing here in this teaching? You, you, you're not even finishing the stories you're telling. So far, you told us about you being a misfit for pastoring, an unresponsive carpenter in Halifax, a crisis in Ottawa about to implode the church there, and a brother in heaven before you got a chance to travel with him. What are you doing? You just wait a little while. Let's see what else Jesus says about little whiles. Jesus realized they were wanting to ask him about it, so he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said, in a little while, you won't see me, but a little while after that, you will see me again. I'll tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have a sorrow now, but I will see you again. <laughs> then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. All right, six realities. Six realities, whether you're with us online or on the replay or in this room in Toronto today. Six realities that you can, you can anticipate while you wait. Whatever kind of little while you are in right now in, in, in relationships and you don't know how things are going to turn out, student uh, days or job days and you, you just don't know how things are going to, health circumstances, you just don't know how things are going to turn out. All right, I, I want to give you six realities that Jesus gives his first century followers. It's just as true for, for 21st followers today. The first one is this, you'll have your share of little whiles. You are going to have your share. Now, if you're a person who likes to plan things, this is not your favorite teaching that Jesus gives. But Jesus repeats that phrase over and over for good reason. He's trying to prepare people for the reality that they are going to experience. He, here's another way he says it. Right in the same context, he says, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. How many want to say thank you very much, Jesus? Okay, let's move on. Second, little whiles include miserable moments, but Jesus is still at work. Listen to the words Jesus uses to describe little whiles. He says, you will not see me. I think that's the toughest part about little whiles, isn't it? When you don't see Jesus. You say, Jesus, where are you in this? And sometimes a crisis happens and we're so numb emotionally that even if he's there, we can't feel it. Where are you, Jesus, in my pain, my stress, my discouragement? He says, you'll weep, you'll mourn, you'll have grief. You know what this means, though? It means that that little while has not caught Jesus by surprise. He knew it was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. His eyes are on you. He sees you, even if you can't see him. Just think about the little while that Jesus was talking about here in the original. He was going to the cross. 
Even his father turned away from him as, because of the sin barrier. Our sin upon him blocked him off from his father God. My God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus cries out. Jesus experiences abandonment by the very people he's dying for. The worst body pain experience. But God was working a plan, wasn't he? <laughs> Jesus died for us. He died for us because he loved us. So, so nothing could stop us from getting close to God. There'd be no barrier between us and God. And we could go to heaven someday. So little whiles include miserable moments, but, but it doesn't mean God's not at work. He's fulfilling his plan. Third, every little while you have will be temporary. I thought somebody would say, yes. <laughs> Here on earth, Jesus says, you will have many trials and sorrows. Notice that's the same verse we just looked at from John 16, but... I, I, I cut Jesus off. Let's let him finish the thought. He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. What's that song we sing around here? One of the lyrics is, even the darkest days are temporary. You're the everlasting light. That's why I'm glad to be able to announce today, do you know that every pain, every loss, every heartache, Every setback you experience, every one that you will ever have is temporary. It's temporary. And I'm also glad to be able to announce that, uh, that hope and joy and love and togetherness and forever, how many know they're all permanent? They're all permanent. That's why sometimes over the years in the lobby, when someone just pour, pray for me this week, Pastor Keith, I'm facing, and, 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 and I'll, they're, what they're going through. And I'll just give you this one little line that because we're just in the lobby, I want you to have some hope as you're going out the door. And I'll just say, don't forget this. The Bible says it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Came to pass. Every little while you will have will be temporary. All right, fourth. Little whiles fulfill a positive purpose. We have tests and they reveal where we're at, don't they? That's what a test does. They reveal what you still need to learn. Trials, they're not just about revealing where we're at, they're about maturing us to another level. Listen, if every trial you had, you prayed, and you said, oh, God, get me out of this, and he got you out of it, how many know you would not mature? Trials are the only arena that God has to grow your faith, to mature you, to make you get stronger, to develop those spiritual muscles. God doesn't always deliver us from how many are thankful. He gives us the power to get through. And that, that's, that's supernatural power. To stand up to what we're coming against. Listen, if, listen to how James puts it. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How many of you, you read that and you think, yeah, like gag me with a spoon, you know? Like, it just consider it joy? He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to, so let it grow. 
For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You're going to get to a place where it's over, and you're going to get to a place where the purpose is fulfilled in your life. So don't waste your trials. Don't waste your trials. Grow in them. And then five, Jesus makes it clear, even the worst little while will end well. Listen to his words. He says, so you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then what will happen? You will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. I, I don't know how people do life without the Lord. I have neighbors and people in my life. I just wonder, how do they even go through what they go through without having that sense that there's a God and his eyes are, his eyes are on them and, and there's a future because of Jesus? You know, that life is not a random accident. That, that there's an end to this. Jesus in his crucifixion, in that most intensely painful in every way, little while that he went through, uh, because of that little while, <laughs> we have hope. We know that whatever discouragement or stress or injustice or uncertainty that we go through, because Jesus went through all that, we know that discouragement does not have the future. We know that stress doesn't have the future. Injustice has no future. Hope has the future. Peace has the future. Justice and joy forever. Jesus says, no one will be ever, ever be able to take away the joy that I give you, that you're going to experience because of me. How many the future looks like joy for you and me <laughs> as we follow Jesus? And then number six, look at this. What looks overwhelmingly big now will look eternally very, very little. The Apostle Paul's thinking about this and he writes this. He says, For our light and momentary trials are achieving for us what? Say it aloud together with me. An eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, so we can anticipate. Listen, listen, the length of a little while, I can't tell you what it's going to be. I can't tell you the outcome. I can't tell you the outcome. How many are thankful we're going to live forever? <laughs> And a lot of things won't be resolved until we're in that forever with Jesus. We can anticipate that win. The disciples certainly learned that, listen, if Jesus can conquer death, <laughs> he, he can overcome anything that I'll ever face in my life. Last week, I was thinking about that grocery manager's wife. I wish I had her cell phone number. Think about that Bible college instructor and the high school guidance counselor. I would want to tell them that in Edmonton, I had the privilege of pastoring the greatest people in Western Canada. In Ottawa, I had the privilege of pastoring the greatest people in Eastern Canada. And in these past, what is it, 25 or so years, I've been privileged to help pastor the greatest people in all of Canada and even some from around the world. And I still love Jesus with all my heart. I still love helping people see how wonderful Jesus is. Help them to come to Jesus and grow in Jesus. I'll never forget the Sunday morning after the second morning service in Edmonton. A deacon, Seth Drisner, came to me and he said, there's a family that wants to say hi to you. 
And I was visiting with people and I went over to this family as I got closer. I thought, I recognize that guy from somewhere. Last time I saw him actually was in a, a, a construction site in Halifax. Lenny Jordan stood there with his wife, Sue, and their two daughters. And they began to cry. What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Lenny? He had been so spiritually unresponsive, and this is decades later, and here he is in church with his family. He said, I never forgot those things you told me. You know what I did? I tracked him down, and I phoned him this past week. He and his wife are still serving Jesus. And they're helping other people come to know Jesus. Remember that church that was about to implode in Ottawa? Well, we had that business meeting. I told them about the stealing of over $676,000. I taught, first of all, on what you do if you've sinned. If you've sinned, how you make things right with the Lord and with people. And then I taught, what do you do if you're sinned against? How you hold the person accountable, but you forgive from the heart and you restore them in meekness. I taught about, there was such a strong presence of Jesus in that room, wasn't there, Esther? We, we, we still marvel at it to this day. How many know, at times like that, it's, it's beautiful to see the way how Jesus shows up and said, this is my church. And it was one of those times, uh, hundreds of people just went by and offered their forgiveness that night and held them accountable. And, and uh, th- listen, that church in Ottawa went on while we were there to pay off the mortgage. We became one of the top missions giving churches to, you know, to global workers in all of Canada. And before we left there to come here, there was over a million dollars in the bank for them to build their next building, which they did. And they're in multiple services and reaching all kinds of people in Ottawa today. What about the travel plans with my brother? No opportunity for a do-over there, right? And I, I have regretted not going down to Florida that winter at times, but then I, I decided to just think about postponing those travel plans. My brother's with Jesus. I'm going to be there someday. Have we got plans? Now they're celestial travel plans. Now in the afterlife, who knows where we're, where we're going to be going or what we're going to be doing, but we'll be building stuff together with dad and We've got a great future together. So, so my future travel plans are, with my brother are, are, are even better than ever. Thank you very much. <laughs> to this day when I do a funeral for a follower of Jesus, I, I, I try and fit in these words. Don't say this person's gone. <laughs> the truth is they've just arrived. Listen, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To this day, I'll just, I'll just say that, don't say their life is over. <laughs> the truth is, they're more alive than ever because Jesus stood before us when he rose from the dead and said, because I live, you shall live also. So if you're going through a little while right now, we're gonna pray. Our, matter of fact, our elders are gonna come and stand across the front. You'll just, if it's new to you, just come to any one of the elders and they consider a privilege. Just, just be ready to tell them what you want Jesus to do for you or prayer for what you're going through and they'll pray together with you in just a few moments.
But I trust you see that the, the little while you're going through right now, there's more to it than just waiting for it to end. You know, I remember when I was uh, in my mid-teens and my, my dad was teaching me how to drive. This came back to my mind, Pastor Stephen, when I heard about you taking your driver's test. I had to pass mine because I had a mounted police teaching me on private roads in Nova Scotia, dirt roads, and, and, and I'd be, you know, be driving this big green meteor station wagon and, and, and I'm looking at everything in front of the car and I'm going all over the place just a little kid and on these private roads, okay? Private roads, and uh, and I had a policeman with me, <laughs> and, and and I'm I'm just trying to I'm overcompensating for every I'd see a turn up ahead and I'd start to turn now and it would be too early a hollow ditch and it was just it was just going like this. You know what my father said to me? He said, "If you look further ahead, you'll drive better where you are now." That's what I'm saying to you this morning, or whenever you're watching this. In a little while, there's more to them. <laughs> and because of Jesus, we can look further down the road. And how many know that helps us get through the now? We'll drive better where we are now. Little whiles, if you look further down the road, you know what you're going to see? They're temporary. They fulfill a positive purpose. They're going to end well. And what looks overwhelmingly big now will look eternally very, very small. <laughs> right on? Let's, let's pray about this. Jesus, thank you that when you answer, when you give us that answer in a little while, it's a good answer because you've got it all under control. Lord, I pray for people online, watching the replay, and in this room at Kennedy and Finch in Toronto today, I pray for us, Lord, every one of us that's in a place of uncertainty, in relationships or with the kids and our health or someone else's that we love in our work or waiting for permits in, in our plans for the future Lord we're, we're leaving here today with a different perspective and with new hope as your 21st century disciples Lord we trust you we ask you to fulfill a positive purpose in our little while. Give us what we need to get through, Lord. And thank you that the future is one of joy. And we're going to stand before you and look back on our little whiles in this life and say, oh, I'm so glad I trusted Jesus through that little while. Because yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory, not just for a little while but forever and ever. Amen and... Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.